Welcome back to our mini-series around strategic partnership in your business, or more commonly understood as really just the ability to truly be the visionary or the leader or the CEO or however you want to put it, and having the right support to ensure that your big dreams actually come to life. So I'm sitting here with our Director of Operations, Brianna. Again, she interviewed me last week as the visionary, so she, as the detail brain, wanted to get into my brain as to how I operate as a visionary. And today we're going to dig into the brain of Mariana, scary place. Very scary. Very scary place, her brain. Really to help visionaries better understand how to work with their right-hand person. Because that right-hand person covers a lot of, I said this last week, but it's, you know, a right-hand person can be your spouse if they're on the back end of the business or a VA if that's the stage of the game you're at or a project manager or an integrator um, or a, a larger team, whatever it might be. And it's to help you detail-brained people, right, better understand how to work with visionary leaders. And this series is also dedicated to helping the visionaries know how to better work with their right-hand people. Because oftentimes we hire and we have this assumption that it's going to fix all our problems when it really leads to more problems. Yes. Mo money, mo problems, right? <laughs> so more hires, more problems. And we really need to focus on this critical step. If you want to scale with speed and you want to feel like you're running a business that isn't just running you and you want to get into flow with your team and you want to maximize the output and the growth of your business, this has to happen. So in a nutshell, if you want to grow to your full potential and you want to carry your amazing big ideas as a visionary through to fruition, and you're sick of the headaches and roadblocks that come with hiring and firing and turnover, or just with entrepreneurship in general, this series is for you. And today we're coming at the angle of the visionary interviewing her director of operations so that you can have an understanding of what we've done and shifts we've made to completely transform the Luminary Leadership Company, but also transform our team and how we operate and our team culture and all of that. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You want to wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy, success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. You ready? I think so. Okay. So I'm slightly nervous. Slightly nervous. 
If you were with us last week, you caught that I forgot to hit record for 20 minutes into our interview last time. So I started prematurely recording. This time we are recording. This is being recorded. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so I want to talk with you first. I just want to kind of set the stage again how this conversation applies no matter what your team looks like today. Mm-hmm. So can you just elaborate on that? Because I know some people are listening and maybe they have an OBM, maybe they have a VA, maybe they're looking to start hiring. Maybe they have a team of just contractors supporting in different ways, or they work alongside their spouse or a friend or a business partner. Can you talk first and kind of set the stage as to why this is critical, no matter what your team looks like? Yeah. For me, being on a support of the team it is such a gift because that is what my love language is. Mm. And so I think a lot of times for visionaries, it's hard to think about, well, who's going to want to do this and be invested in my mission? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really critical for everyone to understand, A, the key part of leading a team is leadership. But B, is helping them under- helping understand that it's such a gift that they, as a supporting member of your team, I get to support you in building this dream. I don't want to be the face. I don't want to be the visionary, right? But no matter who it is in your business, whether it's a virtual assistant who's coming in and checking a few boxes off and then they're leaving, or if it's a higher level strategic partner who is, you know, helping you set vision for three to five years is maybe building out your Asana project board, is helping manage all of the moving pieces of the team. Everyone has to feel invested that you're invested in them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it's really critical to understand that in order to properly build a team, in order to properly lead a team, you as a visionary first have to come from a place of leading them and Mm -hmm. helping them build. And that's one thing that, you know, I've started in my career as a virtual assistant. I've had a lot of people I've worked for, some better than others when it came to leading versus managing. And I would say, you know, being here in this capacity in the barn studio, I've really learned the power of when I have a visionary who believes in me and a visionary who's going to allow me to own my lane and a visionary who wants to hold me accountable and build me up that I have been able to step into a potential that I didn't even know existed. Hmm. And for as a support, a support staff, I don't know how else to really say that, but someone who's supporting a business, that is one of the most empowering things I've ever experienced in my own life. And so this is crucial. It's not just like you hire and you make a hire and then that person leaves. Like you want to be able to build this team up, whether it's a VA, whether it's Mm -hmm. you have five people, 10 people, a half a person every now and then, right? right? Like you have to be able to be willing to allow them to really step into unlocking their potential. Yeah. I could not agree more. And it's been such a fun process to watch you step into that in a bigger way. And I think that's a key piece as a visionary is realizing that's that's part of your job is leading your people and really understanding how to connect better so that it turns into what you want it to turn into. This isn't just like a foofy conversation about like how to make people feel good. This is like, you want to make more money. You want your business to scale and grow. You want more freaking freedom. You want to get off the hamster wheel finally. Like this is the process. And I think we came to this conclusion over the last year plus of realizing how many people are struggling with this. They have team members and it's a frustration or they have team members and they have no idea what to do with them or lead them or they don't have systems and processes in place to 
support them fully and get the most out of that relationship. So we've spent the last year really like stripping out and cultivating like, wait a minute, everyone keeps asking us what we're doing. We're going to put it in a home Mm -hmm. where people can kind of just onboard, create, cultivate as a luminary leadership team and understand our process. So speaking to that, when you think about either seeing visionaries go it alone or what I consider way worse, going it with team that you haven't developed a strategic partnership with, it's just a partnership, Mm -hmm. when you don't have the systems or an energized team that's excited and invested in the vision or the plan forward, what goes wrong? Turnover. Yeah. A lot of turnover. Mm. Man, have I seen turnover. And that's probably one of the biggest things. And a lot of times the visionary is going to say, well, just wasn't the right person. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the work ethic. They had burnout. And in reality, it all points back to what were they going, what boat were they in? Mm -hmm. Were you in the same one? Were you rowing in the same direction? Yeah. So I would say that's the biggest thing I see is like, what goes wrong is your turnover. You see a lot of people not really truly invested in it. They might show up and check off their boxes and leave, and they're not actually helping you think outside the box, right? I think a lot of times in entrepreneurship, we get stuck in productivity. We have this high off of like, checked a lot, all my Mm. things off my list today, but then you can look back on it and say, but did it move the needle forward? Were those strategic boxes that you checked off? And if you just have a team that's just showing up or you're going at it alone and you're kind of unsure of like, what is the next strategic move to make? That's where it gets a little bit tricky of if my team's not going to help me get there, it's going to take a lot longer to do it myself. So I see it when you don't have everybody rowing in the same direction. You don't have that culture built. You don't have that leadership. You don't have the right systems and onboarding. You aren't investing into that person. They aren't going to be invested back in you. And I know you touched on that last week as well. But that is really honestly the biggest thing. Now, can you do things alone? Absolutely. But are you in your sweet spot to really move the needle where only you can move it? No. If you're the one that's doing maybe the scheduling emails or scheduling your YouTube videos or, you know, doing those things that you as the visionary shouldn't be doing, you're now being taken away out of the things that you could be doing, like leadership in your team. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's so powerful to be able to, A, understand if you do have a team, for those of you listening that have a team, is understanding who is on your team. What are their gifts? And if you don't know that, that's your first step as a leadership role is like, I need to get to know my team a little bit better. And that could be through one thing that we've done that has been so powerful is using Katie, our incredible personality queen. I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. what the title she wants to go by, but um, she has helped me as a supporting role understand how my personality can help move the needle forward and where I can sit in my zone of genius and that I do have creativity inside of me, that Mm -hmm. I can step outside of the box of just managing projects, but that instead I can actually come to the table or Voxer Liz at 10 o'clock at night while we're nursing babies to say, Liz, this is an idea I had. What do you think about it? And having the space to be able to come to the table with these ideas instead of feeling like I just have to show up to do my job and get out and that's it. Um, that's huge. So I would say that's one of the biggest things is once you can learn and figure out how to get the team to really invest in themselves and invest in you, that all comes from leadership. Mm -hmm. That's really where it helps turn the table. Mm, I so agree because we've 
personally experienced that. And we've seen it in a lot of our clients too have who have made that shift and how much it's transformed their business. Now, one mistake we see people make is they'll take a personality test and have their team take it, but then they don't know what to do with yes. it. Like there's a process behind it that Katie has helped through that we we leverage in our programs and our masterminds and stuff because we see people getting frustrated because they'll do the personality assessment thing and then they're like, but it didn't work. Well, there's there are a lot of strategic things you do with it to maximize its value. So as a details person, integrator, director of operations, anything in that realm, VA, support, back end of the business, what is tough about working with visionaries, CEOs, founders, whatever you want to call them? Oh, such a good question. First of all, my number one answer is having deadlines <clears throat> that were yesterday. Oh, I hear that all the time. When is this due? Uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. That is a typical visionary response. So I, I have like two sides to this actually. And the first one is there needs to be a healthy tension between your strategic partnership of a visionary and your integrator. I'm just going to say that for, so we're not like re- saying all five of them, but between right. your visionary and integrator, right? Like there should be a healthy tension, meaning we are wired very differently, not only in the way that our um, personalities might be, but just how our brain works, right? So as a visionary, it's so common. And I think the majority of visionaries out there have a very high quick start, meaning you're in the shower, you just had an idea and you're like, we're doing that yesterday. Mm -hmm. And you come to the team uh, meeting and you tell the entire team about it and due date is yesterday, right? And the rest of the team is like, okay, great. But I have like five other priority projects on my plate. So like, am I adding this to my plate or like, are one of those getting tabled? And it sometimes can feel like this whiplash, right? The other thing is that a visionary has a very, for the most part, very low follow-through, right? So you had that really great idea. It was magical. The team shifted gears and started going for two weeks. And then all of a sudden you lost your love for that idea. And you're like, meh, let's table that. Let's go back to what we were doing. And now the team has to completely shift back. And it's just this constant like feel of like, what just happened? Right. Where are we going? Now we have to start all the way over again. And that is so common across the board. That is how a lot of visionaries are wired. Maybe not every visionary in the world, but the majority of them are. A lot of your right hand is going to be the opposite, right? So they're going to have a very low quick start, but a super high follow through. If Liz comes to me and proves to me that this is a great idea to do, I will execute the SHIT out of that. Mm -hmm. Like it will get completed. It will get executed. But what probably annoys Liz is I might be like, okay, that's a great idea. But like, can we unpack that a little bit more? What is the vision? What is the goal that we're trying to go from there? Where are we, is that actually moving the needle forward? Is it a revenue making, uh, mm-hmm. you know, project or is it just sound good because it's what everybody else is doing? And so I might come to the table with a few of those and I might feel like that I'm pushing back and I'm saying, that's a great idea, but like, no. Mm-hmm. And that has to be a healthy tension that we have to have. Otherwise, if the team is constantly being shifted back and forth, we're never going to make progress. But also Liz will say, will prove to me like, yeah, that is a great idea. And not that you have to prove every idea to me. That's not at all what it is. But I think there has to be that healthy tension. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it anywhere. Right. So that sometimes can be a frustration. I think that a lot of visionaries and integrators 
might have with each other that you have to almost understand it's not a bad thing Mm -hmm. and you have to figure out how to work through that. And that's where I think through your leadership with me, you've been able to help develop me in ways that I can challenge you, but in ways that you also are challenging me. So I would say that's probably a big, a big um, frustration. And also when the team just feels like they're on this constant roller coaster, but they can't see where they're going, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is a, what am I doing? Why am I here? And so that's where it's really important. I know we touched on this last week's episode, but building that vision and making sure that the entire team understands what it is. They know where we're going. They understand that three to five year plan. And it's not just something we put on a whiteboard and we're like, this is where we're headed. We are literally acting that out in everything that we're doing. So I would say that is probably the biggest things when it comes to like frustrations that we have. They're not always bad things, but it can be a frustration nonetheless. No doubt. And I, (laughs) you're describing me. So, um, (laughs) No, it's true because I used to do that a lot more and I realized that it's a detriment to our growth as a company, which ultimately the health of the business is my priority. So I like that tension because it helps you allow me to go up into the clouds, right, with my ideas, but then you ground me so that these things become a reality. Mm -hmm. Because what often happens is if you have that right-hand person who doesn't know how, both from a systems perspective, but also just from like a understanding their role and where they can best support, if they don't understand how to ground that visionary and they just let them, they're like, well, they're the leader, you know, I'm collecting my paycheck either way, you know, we'll create a project plan for everything they want to do. And then you look at the year that you just walked through together and there wasn't the progress. The visionary will often be like, well, what the heck? Why were our numbers down? Or why didn't we make more this year? And the integrator, or again, just using that term so we don't have to name every term, (laughs) the integrator, if they understood the proper systems and processes and and just understanding how to work well with a visionary should have been able to say before that catastrophic reality of being a year in and not seeing the progress you want, hey, these are the projects that are going to move us forward. How can we talk through these in a way that helps the visionary see like, this is what will happen if we go down this path Mm -hmm. and having that foresight. So that's been huge for us because it's allowed, there is literally no shortage to the amount of ideas I can come up with Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they're all good. And it also doesn't mean they're all appropriate right now. Right. And I think too, it also allows you to come in and say, okay, you want to do that? This is what this will look like. And then I can see it in black and white and be like, oh, really? That's how much I'll be working in August? Hard no. Yeah. Like, we're not launching on that date. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can actually see versus just being like, I don't know. We'll figure it out and let's just run. And you come to me often and say, hey, preemptively, like, I think so-and-so on the team is going to have a little too much on their plate if we do this. Mm -hmm. So either we need to hire or we need to switch priority projects and move some dates around. And so it allows me to always have a finger on the pulse of my team so that people stay in that sweet spot and they stay in that positive energy and people aren't getting burnt out. So that's been huge. Um, So why do you think some visionaries think, I think most visionaries think, that they're solving all of their business problems if they just found the right hire? Like Mm -hmm. I just have to get that right support person 
and everything's going to change because I see so-and-so in their business and they have an integrator or they have a VA or they have a project manager and they're killing it. So if I just get that, and and they could even go hire that exact same person Mm -hmm. and it doesn't translate in their business. Mm -hmm. What's the problem? Okay. First of all, this is why, and Liz has heard me say this, but I actually dislike the term integrator because of the answer I'm about to give. It is so misused, Mm. right? So someone thinks, oh, so-and-so has an integrator, so I need to hire an integrator. But really what they're hiring is a glorified VA. Right. So there's a difference between, right, the who you're hiring and not saying that that person shouldn't be your right hand, but if it's a VA versus an online business manager versus an, like a integrator, who is that like strategic partner doing all those high level visionary things with you and managing the team, you can't ask a virtual assistant to do that as right. well. So I think that's where it comes in is a lot of times People are trying to hire that right person, but really they don't have the role created right for them. So they're setting them up for failure to start, Mm -hmm. meaning they didn't do their due diligence to like actually look at who's the current players on our team. Where do they sit? What are the roles that they have? Are they actually sitting in their sweet spots? And what are the gaps that we need to hire for? They're just thinking, I need to hire an integrator. It's going to solve everything. But in reality, it might just be that you do have too many projects on your plate. You do need to move maybe certain people on your team around. Maybe the job description you drafted up actually doesn't align with what they're going to be doing once you hire them. I see that all the time where someone is hiring a quote unquote integrator and then that integrator gets in the business and they're doing VA work. You can't expect them to do you know, all of the things in your business. So people are trying to hire unicorns. So I think that's where just the misused version of integrator can get really frustrating for me. So I would say that is the biggest thing is like, you have to understand what are your needs in your business? Who do you currently have? And what do you need to hire for? And once you can get that, that's when you get into the hiring phase. Too often people are quick switch to be like, I need to hire. Oh, this is a perfect fit. I'm going to bring them in. You didn't figure out what you needed. You don't have a proper onboarding system. And now they're literally sitting in your business on a remote team, which is also a struggle when you don't have the systems in place, expecting to just fix your problems when they don't fully understand what your problems are because you've never laid it out for them. So I think that is the biggest thing is people just, they're too quick. They're too quick start. They're too visionary for me. That's what it is. Drives you nuts. It just drives me nuts. But yeah, that would definitely be the biggest thing. Okay. My brain's going to people who are thinking of like the how. So can you talk about, these are a few things that we're doing in kind of our transformation of our incubator mastermind into our visionary right-hand mastermind that we will be pulling from our business that has worked incredibly well for us and putting, infusing into theirs. So can you talk about some of those things that will be showing up in that program and in our big separate resource hub that they're going to have access to and other people will have access to of things like the roles chart Mm -hmm. and hiring templates and onboarding systems and um, just team culture and leadership conversations, just like an overview high level of those kind of things and why they're so transformative for people's businesses. The roles chart is probably one of the most transformative. And I'm Mm -hmm. not talking about like an org chart where this person reports to this person and then this person does this. I'm talking you are literally word vomiting out every single task that needs to happen for your business to continue to grow. And within those tasks, you're looking at what what can be eliminated because they are productivity tasks. And you will be so, so shocked to see how much your team is spending or you are doing that 
actually, what if you didn't do them? Mm -hmm. The business doesn't crumble. Mm -hmm. Your revenue doesn't change. So those are things that you see. But then also you'll, you'll be able to see within the roles chart where people are sitting, where can you move people and where are the gaps? So that is our biggest thing that we're always looking and trying to identify is where in our business do we have a gap? So that when we're in a season that someone might be very overworked, I can see it in our asana of like, "Mm, we have this event coming up. That means we have extra tasks over here for Katie. We need to figure out how to savor her time a little bit. And like, how, what tasks do we take off? Like that is as the strategic partner in this business, like that is my job is to be that gatekeeper for you, to be that gatekeeper for the team. And so that's really where that roles chart comes into play. And where if you don't have something like that, you do see a lot of turnover because people are getting burnt out. They're getting hit at max. You're hiring for the wrong role that you didn't even need. So definitely the roles chart is the biggest thing. And once you're able to identify those gaps, it's setting up a job description that is actually based off that roles chart. Right. It's not just like looking on Indeed or Upwork at what other people have posted and thinking, hmm, I need a social media strategy or a social media manager. So I'm going to just copy that. You're legit creating a job description based off of the tasks you wrote down that you need. Mm -hmm. Now, when someone comes into your business, they're not surprised. They know, and you've been very apparent with them. Um, And then, of course, walking through just how the application and hiring process works for us. And um, does it work every time? Like, does it mean you're going to find a a unicorn? I hate that word. I can't believe I just said it. But find the gem every single time. Maybe not. But... Does it mean that you have set yourself up to find that gem the majority of the time? Absolutely. And where that where you really craft the gem, though, is once they're in your business and you've built that um, finding, building the job description off of your vision, your mission, your values, what you've talked about last week. It's how you as the leader now lead them. Right. Um, that's really the biggest things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I want to give people a little behind the scenes of your role within the Luminary Leadership Company. So let's talk about it. What what would you say the main things that you do are? And, and can some of those things bleed into a strategic partner that's not a director of operations? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I would say for me, my biggest thing and what I love doing the most is I'm a gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. I'm a gatekeeper for you to be protected so that your time is spent doing what you need to be doing, yeah. right? So it might be even hopping in and organizing your Asana workspace so that you know your priorities for the week, adjusting any meetings that we needed to have or not have because you need to protect your time to get this project done. Yep. The other thing is a gatekeeper to our team's time right? Like I don't ever want a team member to leave us because they felt so overworked and they didn't feel like they had a safe place to go to, to share with us that they were feeling that way. I want to be able to have my eyes and ears always out to say, okay, where can we adjust? What do we need to do? What timeline do we need to change? So I would say definitely a gatekeeper. Um, The other things too, is just a project manager in general. Like I have my pulse. I have my hand on literally every moving piece of the business. Now, if you hire a virtual assistant, are they going to have their hand on everything? Probably not. If you hire an online business manager, maybe, right? Like there's different tiers and that's where your roles chart is really going to help you identify what is it that you need? Do you need that project manager that has the hand on everything? Do you need an implementer who's just scheduling your social media posts? So I think that's really crucial in figuring out what it is exactly that you need. Um, and I I feel like for me, it's having a hand on every single piece of the business is where my gift is. I love that. I hated when I first started in virtual assistance and I had like 
10 clients at a time and I was in every business for like an hour. I hated that. It was like, not for me. Are there some people out there that that's perfect for? Yes. For my personality, I need to be that strategic partner. I wanted to be your right hand. I want to be involved. I want to be asked to help make some of those big time decisions. Um, so for, for, you know, your higher level director of operations, your project managers, it's very much going to be more allowing them into the vision for your doers, like your virtual assistants, your operations assistants for them, their day to day very much could be that they're scheduling things that need to get scheduled for the business to continue to run. But they have to see the vision. They have to see where they're going. They have to see how that one thing that they did played a bigger part. And you have to allow them the opportunity to grow. Like what where, what could they do? Where could they go within the business? Can you talk a little bit about why this is such a game-changing process for visionaries? And again, using that term loosely, you might not consider yourself a visionary as much as a CEO or an entrepreneur or whatever, the creator. Uh, and what people can expect, like what positive outcomes people can expect to come from leaning into this process and understanding how to get that cohesive nature of a strategic partnership going, you know, what tangible things start to come to life? Business becomes fun. Mm, honestly, love that. like that's the first thing business becomes fun. Is it still late night sometimes? Maybe, right? Are there still projects that need to be done that aren't always the most fun? Yes. But when you have been able to bring in a team and have the strategic partnership where you're able to optimize your time, meaning you're able to say, this is our goal. This is where we want to get to. And these are the things we need to do to get there. And now it's beautifully mapped out for you, Liz and Asana Mm -hmm. of like, hey, this week, this is our, this is the week we're recording these podcasts. This is the next week that you're going to write that mini course. Um, it allows us to be able to prioritize a lot more versus feeling the weight of, wow, there is so many things that need to get done. And now having it built in a way where we have this flow of everybody sits in their sweet spot and knows their priorities every single week. It's like Monday morning, let's go. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do this thing. Or Saturday night, it's like, oh, I just had this idea that I need to bring to Liz and Michael, right? So I think by having this strategic partnership in place, by having the leadership built in, by having this culture just just all consuming, it allows your team to be so invested in and very focused on where they're going, which is where the needle mover happens. Yeah, that's the key word, focus, because that's where profit increases. That's where, like you said, joy and fun in the business increases. That's where just the... That shift in energy and also underlying, you know, built on a foundation of strong systems, all bets are off. It's like if you've been beating your head against the wall and things aren't clicking or you're at that profit plateaus or anything like that, those breakthroughs come through this stuff. So Mm -hmm. I can already hear people saying like, okay, well, how? Like, what does that look like? How do I do it? How do I learn these things? Like you're speaking kind of in grandiose terms, like what's the granular of that? We've actually... It's spent a lot of time extracting our processes Mm -hmm. and we, we use them with our clients and we are shifting our incubator mastermind, which is our really successful mastermind for high level entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs looking to scale. And we realized this was such a great need that we've shifted that into a program where people are going to get access to all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like we're going to walk them through it. So Marianne is a, a big part of this program where she's coaching the 
right hand, because what this has become now is the visionary right hand mastermind, where you come in as the visionary, but you bring that person with you, whether it's your spouse, your VA, your um, whoever your strategic partner is, so that we can train up both sides, right? Mm-hmm. We, you need to be the leader to be able to run with this vision and mission and know how to lead your people well to that success. But you also, your your people need to be trained up in the systems and the processes. And then you guys have to come together and understand how to do this as strategic partners. So just for the people that are curious about that, they can go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash mastermind. I recommend apply. Let's have a conversation around it. But this is one of the things that we've been geeking out on the most because we cannot get over the need. Like mm-hmm. there is such a gap in the market around this. There's stuff that teaches you how to be the leader. There's stuff that, you know, Mariana has been in programs as yeah. learning how to be an ops director or integrator and all those things. But who's saying, all right, yeah, like how do we bring you guys together in one mission, one vision, one team culture with a clear path forward? Mm-hmm. And it's bridging that gap. So we're super excited about this um, and very eager to put it into practice because it's something that we've already kind of naturally been doing behind the scenes. All right. I want to let you end on a note of being irritated with having to work with me. What is frustrating about working with visionaries in general, or what are some things that we've kind of had to shift or how have you had to rein me in, in order to get the best output that we all want? I have so many thoughts. Oh, my gosh. How do I pick one? Pick one. First, (laughs) wanting to change because something isn't working fast enough. Ah, yes. That is a big one, Um, especially when it comes to tech, Mm -hmm. right? Like if a tech or a specific thing is This morning, I was saying I wanted to throw every system, like every tech thing that we use out the window because I'm so annoyed. And my heart was like, oh, dear Lord, we are not doing that. Okay, fine. Um, No, but it's true, right? And a lot of... You know, a lot of visionaries hate project management tools. And that is, you know, honestly, one of the biggest things is when you can properly use a project management tool. We use Asana, mm-hmm. where it simplifies it enough for the visionary to feel confident to go in there, but it has everything in there that the rest of the team needs to yes. move forward. That is important. So I think when someone is really against using project management tool and very, and that's not specifically you, Liz, but it was once upon a time. But yeah, I would say one of the biggest frustrations is wanting to shift things before actually testing to see if they work. So that's where it just sometimes feels like the rug gets pulled underneath us too often where we're like, we just moved to this CRM or we just moved to this um, whatever it might be, like this course hosting thing or yeah. the podcast, right? Like, and wanting to always switch to the next best thing. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the biggest thing. But the other thing too, is just to know that it is so powerful to have an open space between your visionary and your right hand. And when it comes to, especially being part of personal development as a visionary, I've seen it so often where a visionary I'm working for goes to this mastermind and they get a million ideas from the mastermind and then they come back and they're like, okay, team, this is where we're going. And the rest of the team is like, that is not in alignment with where we were going. So like, is our vision changing or like what's happening? And that's when that state of flow really gets disrupted. And so that is something that when we were kind of putting our heads together and knowing that this is a huge need in the industry of you know, building your team up, leading your team, moving forward to the goals you want with your team 
this was something we realized, like we want to provide that space where not only does the visionary get to learn and come into it, but you are inviting and investing in your right hand to also be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And that is from a support from a right hand myself, such a gift to be a part of something that I get to learn from. I get to grow my own leadership skills. I get to learn from other people inside of this program. And I get to walk forward and push forward these goals that we've set together. So it just feels like a actual strategic partnership when they're both your right hand and your visionary visionary get to be a part of something versus just your visionary who's doing all the learning and then coming and telling through selective hearing, no offense, uh, selective hearing what they learn to the rest of the team and the team is the one implementing it. So that's where the power of this doing it together is Huge. just, I cannot wait to see how how the transformation that's just comes from these integrators specifically of like how they grow within the business. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head because that has happened so many times to me where I, you get so inspired and it doesn't even have to be an event. It can be like a podcast you listen to and then we go off in left field with all these brilliant plans and ideas and we try to bring it back and we don't articulate it in the details. And and then the, the right hand's not really trained up in taking this something that's at 30,000 feet and bringing it down to sea mm-hmm. level. So it's really hard to make it concrete and actionable. So these are all things that including everything from like how we set up our asana to the templates we use and all that is um, going into this mastermind. And we're also aware that the mastermind is not something for everybody. I mean, it's a, it's an investment. It's an investment in your growth and in your profit and possibility of your business, but it's also a financial investment. So we're also going to be extracting a lot of these systems and we have something really cool coming down the pike that we can't share in total detail at the moment. But if you head on over to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash leader, we're going to have some um, really cool information for you that you're not going to want to miss out on. So head on over there and there'll be some details of how you can extract this process if you feel like, you know, the mastermind is also selective, right? We can only take so many people. So just putting that on your radar. But thank you so much for doing this with me down in the barn studio with our chickens clucking in the background. (laughs) It is so fun doing these kind of sessions together and realizing how far we've come and and just all the amazing work we get to do. Like I know that the reason that we're so lit up about something like the Visionary Right Hand Mastermind or the programs that we bring to life or the content that we put out like this is that we know the impact that it can have on people because we've also suffered through not having these things in place and it's been really hard. And when we've overcome something, it's our goal to say, Hey, here it is. Mm -hmm. Like take it, run with it. We don't want you to suffer any longer. Like make the change and it'll, it'll change everything. So thank you for both being here, but more so just being in this vision with me. I feel it a hundred percent. I know your heart's in it. Um, There are, like I said, there are weeks where your heart's in it more than mine. Like you're Mm -hmm. pulling us through when it's a tough week or something's going on. And that's a really amazing gift as a leader and a visionary is having a team that's not just there for you in tactics and stuff, but emotionally feeling the process with you when you have a hard week because you will, or there's a setback or a struggle or something that didn't go the way you thought it might. You've got a team of people who are in that with you and ready to like carry you through it Mm -hmm. if you can't carry yourself out of it. So that's been probably the greatest gift for me. And I'm eager to see what happens next because we've got so many big things coming. So many. It's amazing. Yes.
All right, guys, stay tuned. We've got more awesome stuff coming. Go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash mastermind to apply to that. And it's forward slash leader to be the first to know of what's coming. All right, talk soon. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one, but you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them and it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.